Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us as we discuss what's my role or my part. You know, there's a lot of things happening here in, well, I'll say in the United States, but also throughout the entire world. And people are suffering. People in this nation are suffering. And it's no different than what we have seen and read about throughout Scripture. There are come certain points in time where people are struggling. Well, let's understand the why they're struggling. And it comes down to two reasons. The first is a lack of trust in the Lord. And the second comes from trying to extract or grow increase of our own means. In order to do that, it usually requires a putting down of other people to build ourselves down or build ourselves up. So in the natural, people push others down to raise themselves up. And yes, we're not just seeing it in the United States. We're seeing this all throughout the earth. And let's let's discuss that in this episode. But let's also understand our part or our role. Because it's easy to look at leaders. And you may or may not be a leader. But you're still a citizen of, for the United States, this nation, or whatever nation you are that's listening to this. The Lord, when he speaks, it applies for everyone. His word is consistent throughout. It doesn't matter if you're in the United States or you're in the remotest parts of Africa or anywhere else in this earth. His principles, his spiritual laws, his commands apply to everyone equally. So before we get into that, in our springboard scripture will be in Nehemiah 5. Let's, let's just have a moment of prayer. Only Father, we thank you, Lord, again for this time before you, although we know we are always before you, that we just remain in your presence. But we thank you for that opportunity. And we welcome you into this place today, wherever, wherever we are that's, that we're listening to this, to your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we are joint heirs with Christ and sons and daughters of you, the Lord Most High. And we welcome you and your Holy Spirit into this place to lead us, to teach us, and guide us into all truth. And help us be more conformed to your, your image, the image of Jesus the Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. <clears throat> all right, so as we were saying, I, Nehemiah 5 we're going to read the first nine verses. Oh, so, excuse me, first eight verses. It says, Now there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were others who said, We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes, that we might get grain because of the famine. Also, there were those who said, we have borrowed money to the king's tax, for the king's tax, excuse me, on our fields and our vineyards. Now our flesh is like the flesh of our brothers and our children like their children. Yet behold, we are, <clears throat> excuse me, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters are forced into bondage already. And we are helpless because our fields and vineyards belong to others. Then I was angry. When I said, when I had heard their outcry, uh, 
and these words, And I consulted with myself and contended with the nobles and the rulers, and said to them, You are exacting usury each from his brother. Therefore I held a great assembly against them. And I said to them, We, according to our ability, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. Now would you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us? Then they were silent and could not find a word to say. So we're going to pause there for a moment because there's a lot that we need to understand in there. Yes, at the time that we're looking at the nation of Israel and Nehemiah, who is the governor, he's been appointed governor. He is sent from his captivity, appointed again as a governor to Israel. And they are rebuilding the wall, or attempting to, and the temple, and, and restore the homeland, their nation. And he says, he's upset with the, the nobles, with the other leaders. And he's, he is upset with them because of the people. The people are in bondage. They have given all that they have. Yet there's been a famine in the land and the people are just trying to survive and have given all that they can give. Everything that they have is being exacted. They've, they've sold all they can sold. They've given all they can give, even to the point of now their own children, the generations are being born in and sold into bondage. And then it repeats this cycle because when anything is had, when they, when they have reached an amount that they can redeem them or purchase the generations back, they're immediately just sold again by the same people because the same people that sold them in the first place, placing them again into bondage to repeat this cycle. So we have to ask ourselves, it's easy to look at leaders, or I'll say it in this way first. As I was reading this, the Lord just was ministering to me about this just the last three years. Actually, I say it's even longer than that. But there has been a time of famine. And that famine has placed a lot of people in, in some very trying times. Yes, on, on every level. Financially. Physically. Emotionally. Spiritually. Where when we look at, uh, and I'll just use utilize the United States as an example, the value of the dollar had dropped. Why? Because 40% new bills were printed, decreasing its value on the world stage. Land inside the United States has been sold to foreign nations some of which are absolutely against this nation. And we're not talking small amounts. We're talking in, it's in every, every United, every state within the U.S. Land has been sold to other nations. But not, not just that. We're talking millions of acres in some of these states. Per state, millions of acres have been sold. And they've either been sold directly to other nations or to business entities 
operating on behalf of a foreign government in these states. But they're still doing just doing the bidding of the foreign nation. So, and again, there's a considerable amount of land that's going to support these other nations, while the people in this nation have had to contend with that. The price of everything has gone up. All goods, all produce, all all the things that are required for, for a people to sustain itself has cost immensely more. But yet, who's benefiting? It's definitely not the citizens of this nation. So land is being given away. There, the cost keeps getting paid. How many infrastructure projects have actually taken place or been completed in your state? And at what cost? But yet every year, they keep raising the amount of money that's required and needed for infrastructure. And how is that money raised? Taxes. But I have to look around and say, what's the state of the roads? What's the state of the bridges? What's the state of all this infrastructure that they keep claiming they need? So I have to ask, where is the money? Where, where is it going? Where has it gone? Who has embezzled it? And how much has been taken? And it's not only at the federal, state, local level. It's even amongst the people. It doesn't matter if it's an HOA operating as a a business entity. At what point does the business say, I need to operate in the most efficient and effective way to be a blessing and a benefit to those within the community? Do we ever examine ourselves and say, I only have these resources, which aren't even mine. I'm just put in charge to manage the resources of the community. And am I doing a good job? Am I imposing on myself the same restrictions I'm telling others to live by? If I tell them they need to cut down on their water consumption or electricity or whatever the case is, am I also doing that? And what we have found typically is that, no, that's not the case, especially amongst elected officials or those appointed in many positions. They keep spending and then extracting from the communities, from the citizens, in order to pay for the cost of whatever they are doing, how they're living, their quality of life, and whatever bright idea they think will get them elected in the next cycle. And we have to ask ourselves, how did these leaders get there? And what's our role in this? And we have to ask that for a number of reasons, right? And the Lord allows leaders, wicked leaders, if you will, to be elected, or I'll say it in this way, leaders that reflect the heart of the people to be elected. He gave us authority. 
So are we trusting him with our vote? Or are we voting based on our current needs, which is from a survival standpoint? But that, if we are, that demonstrates a lack of trust in the Lord. Again, the Lord gave us authority, so the leaders are reflecting the heart of the people. So then we have to examine ourselves. What are we longing or lusting after? Did we vote for, quote-unquote, wicked leaders that are only reflecting what we desire at that moment? And this, or in Nehemiah, the people were putting their own people, fellow citizens, into bondage by placing them in debt. And the outcry of the people was great. And again, this is not just about government. It's down to us at our level. And you can look at it in any, every aspect, even in the church. Are church leaders twisting and manipulating scripture and spiritual laws in order to exact and extract from the people a better quality of life, a living, a, a lust and a desire to, if you will, live, live the high life? In this nation, it used to be what was known as the American dream. A White House with a picket fence. All right, 2.5 children. I don't know how you got a point five, So, but two to three children. And that was where they were going to settle and be content. But where has our thirst for greed come from? Because now it's no longer just about one house. It's no longer about just having one to two vehicles. We've got to have houses in multiple locations. We've got to have a house, a vacation house, whether that's at a beach or a lake or both. It's not just one to two cars. It's a fleet of cars. Oh, the cars just can't be basic. They've got to be luxury cars or exotic cars. If we can afford it, it doesn't even, you don't even get to your your exotic cars, you could get hyper cars now. When does it end? And at what cost? Nehemiah begins addressing this. He addresses this in, in the very next set of scriptures. That's verse 9 through 13. He says, again, I said, the thing which you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? And likewise, I, my brothers, and my servants are lending the money and grain. Please let us leave off this usury. Please give back to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, their houses, also the hundredth part of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you are exacting from them. Then they said, we will give it back and we will require nothing from them. We will do exactly as you say. So I called the priests and I took an oath from them that they would do according to their promise. I also shook out the front of my garment and said, thus may God shake out every man from his house and from his possessions who does not fulfill his promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen. And they praised the Lord. Then the people did according to this promise. So what is our role? 
not to extract from our fellow brothers and sisters, from our, our neighbor, but we're to love them as ourself. If we truly trust the Lord, then I don't have to, or you, do, you don't have to benefit at my expense, and I don't have to benefit at your expense. We can both be built up. All of us, every person in this nation can be built up together, not at each other's expense. But that requires each person to submit to the Lord, to trust Him for all their needs. But there are many who, who refuse to do that. In this instance, the people had a choice, and they chose for their role, for their part, to give back what they had taken, just to give it to them. And yes, these were leaders and these were priests. They decided not to hold out those things for a ransom. But again, as I look at this nation, is that truly the case? Is that what's happening? The people have been crying out. But have the leaders listened? Have we, for our part, listened to the outcry and given what we could? Aided and assisted to help ease the load and the burden? Or are we also extracting? Are we just fighting amongst ourselves and holding the people ransom, the citizens ransom, where we haven't even passed a budget for this year yet? We've only kicked the can down the road to now March of 2024. Because there are those that desire to help out other nations at the expense of the citizens here. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't help out other nations, but let's also establish our house first so we can be a bigger blessing and benefit to other nations. Let's ensure that we actually have a house. But how many people have misused or abused the people and then gone out of their way to shore themselves up, to establish a stronghold intent on remaining in that position, that place, that role of leadership at the cost of the people. Nehemiah, and is done through a number of things, even ballot stuffing, any means necessary is how the world typically looks at it. In order to achieve a desired outcome. But when do we check with the Lord for his outcome, for his desire? When do we be, become and demonstrate, live out our life as an example? Starting in Nehemiah 5 from verse 14 to the end of the chapter, he did exactly that. says, from the day that he was appointed to be the governor in the land of Judah. 
that he did not take of what was allotted and allowed to him by the king daily. He lived as an example to the people. He knew these benefits, these privileges came with his office and role. But he also understood that those provisions of his position, his role, cost the people. So even though he had a number of people and staff that were able to partake of what was allotted to that role, that position, he didn't demand those entitlements associated with his office or his role because he, again, understood it added to the burden on the people. But again, have we cared? Have we considered our fellow man, our fellow brethren, our neighbor as ourself? Or have we only looked for what benefits us? And have we utilized that, that office, that role, and attempt to fortify ourselves in our position and make it as a stronghold to continue in what we have desired? You know, it's interesting, there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 21, 22, which talks about how a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. And as I read that, I found it interesting because the Lord talks about a a similar thing with Nehemiah to Jeremiah. Yes, I know those names sound similar, but there's the governor of Nehemiah, and then there was Jeremiah in in chapter 25. He was talking about being judged, but... When you understand what he's saying, the Lord is saying exactly what is in Proverbs 21, 22. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. Well, our Lord is the wise one. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of wisdom, of counsel, of might, of the spirit of the Lord knowledge, fear of the Lord, all those things. And the Lord in Jeremiah chapter 25, begins in verse 12, begins speaking about how he's going to hand Jeremiah a cup and cause all the nations of whom the Lord sends him to, to drink of it. And it is going to deal with kings and cities And it talks about how these these individuals that all dwell in there will be forced to drink it because of how they have treated the people. How the Lord is going to roar from on high. He's going to shout like those who tread the grapes. And he even says, excuse me, There's a judgment of all flesh. Now, yes, we know that alludes to also the end of times. But a judgment of all flesh. 
He says that those slain by the sword and will be from one end of the earth to the other. They will not be lamented, gathered, buried. But he also talks about the to the shepherds, wail and cry and wallow in ashes, you masters of the flock. Right? He talks about how the they will be crying out to the sheep. The shepherds, the leaders, will be crying out to the sheep. Because of what has happened, the oppression, the mistreatment of their own people. But not just the leaders, the people themselves, those whose heart is not towards the Lord. So what's required of us? What's our role in this? When will we exert wisdom? It comes from James 3.13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, in the gentleness of wisdom. So have we or will we humble ourselves? Will we demonstrate not just that we're wise, but that we're understanding? Will we exhibit, show, have good behavior, behavior that's required of the Lord or required by the Lord? towards, yes, him, but also our fellow man. And that whole section, actually, James 3, 13 through 18. We'll read it. Um, Who is wise among you and, and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. But you, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed sown whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So will we sow seed whose fruit is righteousness? Will we as leaders, will we as people, sons and daughters of the Lord Most High, stop ex- trying to extract from one another? Will we trust the Lord that He's able to provide for us individually, but also as a nation? What will we do? Will we trust him that he knows which leaders are right? Because he knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, not just what's being said. Will we ask him who his choice is for elected officials? And will we vote for what he tells us is his choice? So I'll leave you with that. Will we be like the example that Nehemiah set and live this out. Now, thank you all for, for being here. I look forward to joining you on the next episode. And I want to encourage you to continue to live for righteousness and justice. I love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful evening.